the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. When, when, when God looks at you, He doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. Isn't that a good thing? That's got to be a good thing. That's something that you need to be praising God for every day. And how does that work? You're blameless now. If, you, if, you, if, you, you know, if you're not holy now, how does that work? Well, in Christ, God says, you can now be holy. And what does that mean? Holy and blameless. It means that you're no longer subject to God's judgment because you have been placed in a different position. Positionally, you are now elected by God to be holy. So you can call yourself a holy person. And I know some of you are scratching your head. I just don't get it, Pastor. You'll get it one day when you've grown up. Everyone who is in Christ is holy and blameless. So if you are in Christ, your sins are covered past, present, and future. In Christ, you have a covering. That's the wonderful doctrine of election. Your holiness and your blamelessness, my holiness and my blamelessness is based on Jesus being my mediator, standing in between me and the judgment of God, okay? Not only that, in Christ, we have also been adopted. See, remember, adoption, election, adoption, okay? Some people say to me all the time, oh, pastor, we're all God's children. That's not true. We are not all God's children, we're all God's creation. God created all of us, but we're not all God's children. How do we become God's children? By being adopted. And how do we get adopted? By putting our faith in Jesus. God did this adoption through Jesus. In verse 7, it says, In Christ, we have been also been redeemed. The word is apolotrosis. What is redemption? Redemption means we have been released because someone else paid a price, a ransom, if you will. So in Christ, God released us from the bondage and penalty of sin by effectively canceling our sin by the shed blood of Jesus. So we have election, adoption, now we have redemption, okay? So in, in verse 9, in Christ, we have, you know, we have been given the mystery of His will. This is a day will come when we will be glorified with Christ. So we have those four things. Not only have we been elected, adopted, redeemed, we're also now going to be glorified. That's the mystery of the will of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What does that, how does that work? It means that this earth 
will pass, and we will pass from this earth, but in Christ, we will live on in eternity in glory, in a glorified state. That's how profound this becomes when you, when you and I truly understand what this blessings in the heavenly realms really is. Who gives the blessings? The Trinity. What is the blessing? Eternal salvation. Now, why is this a blessing? Why is eternal salvation considered a blessing or something good that is bestowed on us? The very simple reason is this eternal salvation was accomplished by God on the basis of His sovereign love alone. On the basis of His sovereign love alone. We have nothing to do with this salvation. This is all done by God. We can't earn it. We can't pay for it. We can't work for it. This is God's sovereign choice to give it to us. He gave us eternal salvation according to His great love. He gave us eternal salvation according to His goodwill. He gave us eternal salvation according to His glorious grace. And He gave us this eternal salvation according to His good pleasure. So this is all God's doing. How do I get it? Very simply, by putting our trust in Christ by faith. I've heard this sermon a million times, Pastor. Hearing something, understanding something, believing something, and applying something are all very different disciplines or separate disciplines from simply understanding it and believing it, okay? So you may ask, what if God didn't choose me? Now, this is how I understand this. God has already made a choice to offer eternal salvation. He's already made the choice, the sovereign choice, to love you enough according to His good pleasure, according to His good will, according to His grace, and according to His glory. He has already done that, and He has placed Jesus as the focal point of that object of faith. He has given that that, that power in the name of Jesus so that anybody who looks to Jesus and comes to faith in Jesus will be then given this blessing. So it's very simply, it's access through Christ alone. Have this, now, now that you have this spiritual blessing, I, I hope you understand how this works. This is Christianity 101. And I'm, the reason why I'm very passionate about, about uh, preaching along these lines is not because there's not a lot of other things to preach on the Bible, but I'm afraid that we're raising a generation of young Christians who have no idea what all this is about. You know, I, I, I have, you know I'm, I'm an older person, so I, I can't connect with, with some of the younger Christians that, that come. But from what I'm hearing, from what I'm seeing, I mean, there's this, this vagueness about who they are in Christ. There's this vague understanding of who this Jesus really is. They know Jesus from, on the basis of what they, they, they learn from school or Sunday school or maybe their, their rudimentary understanding in their church, whatever the context that may be. But this is, this is so important for all of us grown-up Christians to also understand because this is a way for us to connect the next generation. You know, our gen my generation is passing. You know, <laughs> we're not going to be hanging around for a while anymore. You know, I'm, I, you know, I'm at that point wherein, you know, sometimes I'm just preaching and I don't even remember what I said half the time, okay? And, you know, you think I'm bad, you're worse, you know. You'll forget everything I said 15 minutes after the service is over. 
I get that. You know, we're getting older. We're getting up there. But the message has not changed. It will never change. So we need to, we need to get deep into this thing about what the spiritual blessing that the, that engineered by, by, by God himself and is carried out by Jesus Christ. So now, 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 that, now that we understand what this eternal salvation is, what this redemption, adoption, election, and glorification that we receive, now, now that we understand it, now that we know that Jesus gave us access to this, to this kingdom rule, this kingdom realm that gave us eternal salvation, how does it go back to God? How does it go back to God? How does this blessing go back to God? It goes back to God by us demonstrating the fruit of the spiritual blessing that we receive. That's how we give it back to God. We bore the fruit, the spiritual fruit of what it means to have this blessing. And that's called worship. Accurate worship. Intelligent worship. Worship that understands why it's worshiping. Worship that understands the implication of why we lift up the name of Jesus. This is not some ritual that we do every Sunday. You know, I've, I've been told many times, you know what, when I go to, to your church, Pastor, sometimes, sometimes it's pretty dry. If you feel that you go to a church in which the worship is dry, okay, it's because you're dry, okay? Well, that's a pretty bold thing to say. Shouldn't the church help us bear fruit? This is the, the, the only thing the church can do, okay? Is to proclaim to you the word of Christ. Bible says faith comes from hearing and hearing the word about Christ. That's what we're here to do. And when you're feeling like, you know, it's pretty dry. That means you, 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 you were dry last Friday, all right? You've been baking out there in the sun. No sweat's coming out of you. It's been bone-dried in you. And then you come into church except, expecting the church to kind of, kind of hose you down with some feel-good thing. If you came into the church not feeling good about God, there ain't nothing God can do for, about it. <laughs> so don't, 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 let's not try to, to put the, 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 the issue on the outside. This gospel thing is an inside job. If you were dry already, coming to church is not going to resolve that dryness because you're not a Christian on Sunday. You're not a follower of Jesus just on Sunday. In fact, you're not a follower of Jesus just because you showed up here this morning. You're a follower of Jesus because you understand that you entered the kingdom rule of God. So how does it go back to God? Worship. Look at verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith, this is assuming that you believe, okay? In the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped thanking God for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Here is the Holy Spirit giving us wisdom and revealing to us who God is. So that you may know Him, what? Better. Do you know the Lord better now than you did five years ago, a year ago, two years ago, whenever that? Do you know Him better now? Now, if, if you and I are knowing Him better and better, chances are because the Holy Spirit of God is really superintending that blessing that you receive. I pray that the eyes of your heart 
may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him in his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Jesus is all in all. He's sufficient. There's nothing we bring to the table. And if you and I want to experience the power of God, then for heaven's sake, worship God. Worship Him with your mind. Worship Him with your heart. Worship Him with understanding and also worship Him in the Spirit. And this is the work of the Spirit of God in us. And, and, and worship is that intimate relationship with God, intimate understanding of who God is. The Spirit of God keeps pounding His Word in us so that we may get to know God better, better now than we did then. To know God, that's the word epignosis, in which we get the word gnosis and Gnosticism and things like that. Some knowing, a deeper knowing, an internal knowing. And the word that was used here is the word that says this is an intimate knowledge of God. Have God influenced our entire life? This is the Holy Spirit's work in our life. This is what happens when we believe the Spirit of God begins to work in our life. And, and how do we know that the Spirit of God is working in our life? I mean, this is the subject of a million sermons already. Number one, the Spirit of God gives us hope in both our present state and our future state of being. Even though we live in, a, in this mortal bodies, even though we get sick, even though we get old, we get in trouble, we can have a little bit of heaven, true heaven in the midst of all of that because the Holy Spirit is giving us that hope in the inside of us. An undeniable hope. When David says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy, he's speaking prophetically of the work of the Spirit in every person's heart that gives you and I courage to go through in the midst of all of these things that are going on. That's how we know. That's why the spirit of wisdom and revelation has been given to us. You know, people make too much of this thing. Oh, the Holy Spirit gives us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Think about it this morning, okay? Where, what aspect of our life do we really need wisdom and revelation? What aspect of life? You may think about, oh, I need wisdom and how to make a decision about my family, about all of these things. And those are wonderful things. But you know what? A lot of pagans have wise decision-making process too. Okay? <laughs> I know a lot more atheists who understands a lot more about life than I do. I mean, don't ask me about any kind of scientific things. I mean, I have a limit to what I can understand. 
So when the Bible says God through the Holy Spirit has given you a spirit of wisdom and, and revelation, it's talking about only one thing. Getting to know God's will and God's ways. That's the extent. If I want to pray for wisdom, I want to know what God, what, what God really wants to do in this situation. Why doesn't He want me to fornicate? Right? Why doesn't He want me to commit adultery? Adultery is a pretty, pretty pleasurable sin. Isn't that true? I mean, you think about your favorite sin. There, there's a reason it's your favorite sin. It gives you the most pleasure. Right? Oh, let's not deny it. We have our own pet sin. Yeah, we we all we 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 I can I can show love for God, you know, with the best of them. But there's this little thing right here. Yeah, I I I keep this on the side. You know, this gives me pleasure. We have all of those things, you know. We we have a we have a distorted understanding of what the Spirit of God is really trying to tell us. He's trying to to tell us that that hey, the most important and wisest thing that you need to learn and understand, the, the, most, the, the most wisdom that you can apply in your life is to get to know the way of God and the will of God. Because the way of God and the will of God does two things. You know what those two things does? Let me repeat. It gives glory to God and it secures your journey towards eternity. All right? That's what wisdom is. If you ask me, are you a wise person, pastor? I can confidently say, as long as I'm trying to give glory and honor to God, He will guide my path towards eternal life. There's nothing wiser than that. There's nothing to know more than that. If we understand that God is doing that, we have hope for the future. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is given to us to help us understand that whatever happens, whatever happened, whatever is happening, whatever will happen, we are sealed and marked for that journey. That's good news. That should, that should elicit some amens. Because, you know, God's got you and I where He wants us. So what else? How, 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 what else do we need to? to what, what else is the spirit of God does? How do you know that the spirit of God is moving? Number two, you have your spirit-given, God-given spiritual eyesight. You see things from the perspective of God. This is this is one hundred percent must be true among Christians. Okay, use our God-given spiritual. Eyesight, to understand God's ways. This is our main God guide to praying. You know, when God has said to us, pray, He's not just saying, okay, say whatever you want to say. No, no, that's not what prayer is. Prayer is understanding what God wants. Praying is understanding God's way. Praying is discovering God's will and agreeing to them. And, 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 and um, what do you call that? Uh, devising or designing our prayers in accordance to what we know uh, God is, God wants, and God desires. When we know God's ways, we pray according to God's ways. When we know God's will, we pray according to God's will. So you, you, you and I will stop asking for ridiculous things that, 
that really doesn't really line up with what God says in His Word. Thirdly, we know that we are being superintended by the Spirit is when we receive God's power. He energizes our life. The death of Jesus on the cross is a demonstration of God's love. The resurrection of Jesus is a demonstration of God's power. The ascension of Jesus to heaven is the bestowal of the Spirit of God in our everyday lives. So those three things, His death on the cross solidifies that God loves us. Amen? For God so loved the world that He gave. But the resurrection of Jesus demonstrates that God also made His power available to all of us. So don't be saying, I can't live this Christian life. Sure you can. We can live this life. And the fact that He went to heaven to sit on the throne, the fact that Jesus is reigning in glory in heaven and He sent us the Holy Spirit down here assures us that we will have the power that it takes to be able to make it. That leaves us with very little excuse not to walk with God. You know God is at work in your heart right now. You're here because God made it a point for you to be here. That's called the resurrection power of Jesus. I hope that you showed up this morning, not just because this is something that you do for someone. I hope this is not because you just decided that you're going to be at church this morning. Forget all of that. Let's just dispense of all of that stuff. You're here this morning because there's something in the inside of you that the Spirit of God is urging you to do, and that is to worship God with His people. I, there's just no two ways about that. Now, if you're here this morning out of tradition, uh, you'll go home the same way you came in. Yeah, nothing, has, nothing much has changed. There, there's, there's nothing uplifting that you've heard. There's nothing that changes uh, the way you think and all of that because you're here for the reasons other than the spiritual blessing that you receive. If your response to the gospel, it's your response to the gospel, rather, that will change everything. And I close with this story. I was saved in a very, very large church with thousands of people. That's when I first received the Lord at the age of 16. And let me tell you, I, growing up in, a, in such a large church, and I'm not bragging. I mean, some of the best, best preaching I've ever heard as a young man growing up. As a teenager, I heard in that church, you know, we had the best of the best coming in, Sunday in and Sunday out, preaching the scriptures, you know. I mean, really good men and women of God. In our denomination, we, we had women preachers as well as men preachers. There was never any kind of issue with, with that in, in, my, in our denomination. I mean, to this day, there, there was never an issue, okay. So, so I've heard from all perspectives and you know the demonstration of god's love his power name it you know i was raised in a pentecostal church wherein you know if there's no power uh we're not paying the bills so to speak right and that's true spiritually too and then you know the, the, those preachers will will invite people to come to faith in jesus i didn't understand it then i thought this is just another ritualistic way to get you to come into their religion i didn't understand any of that but i went and took the step and came in 
and received Jesus into my life at the age of 16. And I can tell you that there has been a change. There has been a transformation in my life that never went away. It's been a long, long time. I hadn't lived a perfect life, mind you. I've been, you know, a zigzag travel. But you know what? What never left is the mark of the Spirit that says, you received this blessing and I will never let you go no matter what you do. You're not going to slip out of my hands because you truly put your faith in me. You will never slip out of God's hands, no matter what you try to do. But you know what? One thing I noticed, it doesn't matter how powerful the preaching was. It doesn't matter how, you know, the testimonies of transformed life, lives were in evidence. There are still people who are yawning at the pews. There are still people whose arms are crossed. I couldn't figure that out. But you see, it's by faith. The Spirit of God has to be at work when you do come to faith in Jesus, believe me, the Spirit of God starts working. Please don't come to faith in Jesus because you're in trouble this morning. That's not how it works. It's a good motivation to trust in Jesus, amen? Don't come to Jesus this morning because your doctor told you you got three months to live. But you're being cruel, pastor. I'm at the end of my rope. I, I need God now in my life. No, you needed God the moment you were born. You've just been putting it off. We've been needing Jesus since the day we were born. We're just putting it off. But the moment we come to faith in Jesus, the Spirit of God takes over. And when He takes over, expect power. It's power you don't see. Don't come to faith in Jesus because of those troubling things. Come to faith in Jesus because you recognize that God has opened the door for you to be part of His kingdom. If that's your motivation, you will repent instantly and turn over the keys of your life to His rule. Jesus, don't take the wheel, take the keys. You're running my life from now. Have you received the spiritual blessing? That's a question that had to be asked from everybody. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.